Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Everybody commenting on the text line about the fire or fizzle pizza edition. People happy to hear Fire of Fizzle, calling it among the best segments on the airwaves, which we appreciate. Wes appreciate. He's the one that delivers the fire. Always no fizzle. Jason from Lenore also gave you a good chain. You don't have to bring as much energy or give me the origin story of this <laughs> like you did for the other stores in question. But what about Hungry Howie's Pizza? With all the different crusts, the bonsai crust, if you're a fan of that. The crusts are... It's solid. Mm. I- I think the one time I've ever ordered it on my own, I did not get a specialized crust. That's like the whole point. Yeah, I feel like it is. I haven't eaten it a ton. There is one in university area, although <laughs> I'm telling you, it was Little Caesars because it was so cheap. Yeah. Just get, it would be Little Caesars, the $5 hot and ready. If the Bobcats or the Hornets were scoring 90 points, then I would get the 50% off of Papa John's deal. Or Domino's, if they had a six for six, I ate a lot of pizza in college. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people did. Yeah. I'm not alone in that, but I yeah. ate a ton. And I'll tell you what else. CC's, man. Yeah. Hey, pizza is such good value, too, man, because, you know, if you get enough, especially when you buy yourself, I mean, that could be two, three meals, perhaps. CC's. <laughs> I can do some unquestionable things eating a ton of CC's where you're like, oh, my God, where is it all going? Right. Is, is CC's the one that has the macaroni pizza? It does indeed. Oh, the mac and cheese so pizza. Good, you talk about innovation. Pizza yeah. Hut usually has that award, but the mac and cheese pizza, that was one. It was almost like the Crunchwrap Supreme of Taco Bell mm. where they were going to bring it and it was only going to be for a limited time. But it was too good. The people would riot if you got rid of it. So we just CC's. It's almost like you got your hand under your jacket. CC, I'm going to have to make sure you keep this mac and cheese pizza out. You heard? I'm just telling you right now, it might be a good idea for you to keep this mac and cheese pizza out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's like Taco Bell. You know, Crunchwrap going away. I'm going to have to keep you uh, making sure that this Crunchwrap Supreme is out there, man. <laughs> my, my favorite thing at CC's is the, the cinnamon rolls, man. They were. Woo. Well, the brownies are as soft a dessert yeah, yeah, that yeah, exists. Man. That's what I'm saying. People, we, we'll, we'll have to have a... a thing on here about restaurants that people try to turn their nose up at that are pretty good though once you go in there um and that's one of them soft desserts brownies at cc's and also school lunch cookies is, yes. he, is that hitting for anybody we yeah. used to have uh the otis spunk Meyer joint so they were good man you oh can't the, beat those. well the muffins from mr otis yes 100 <laughs> percent the i mean otis spunk Meyer. <laughs> those muffins are elite what i call them I don't Did know. I call him Otis. Uh, oh, you said oh, I Otis? think I just said Spunkmire. Didn't oh, I? I don't think you put the N in the middle. Yeah, yeah, but that's okay. I wasn't even here to call you out. I was saying, yeah. yep, the Otis Spunkmire muffins. The because it was so much of it. And this is gonna be funny. I'm glad that <laughs> he's not here. But so much of it is muffin top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much of it is that though. Yeah. It is. And so that's why I think I like the Otis Spunkmire muffins so much. Yeah, man. Um. I I might have to, you know, especially doing that research for the pizza, man. It definitely had me thinking about it. Shroppy's face is red. (laughs) 
<laughs> Poor Shrabby, man. It's red. He can't talk about it anymore. Uh, we do have a couple of other people writing in. Commander Malik, he's totally right. Tony's is great. They got big old pieces of pizza. Yeah. And then also, I think you have uh, Benny's and Noda. Yes. Those are the crazy. I, I got a box of pizza from Benny's one time. Mm. It was too big to fit in the back seat of my car. I had to put it in the trunk. That mm. is a true story. Covered every single like it covered basically the mid portion of my body the box was so big i had to put it in the trunk shout out to benny's and when they were open until 3 a.m at least when i lived in noda definitely frequented benny's after a night out at blind pig or whatever other one of those bars i was going to in noda okay yeah. uh i love uh, i was saying too I, I like uh mellow mushroom a lot as well mellow mushroom is good yeah i like mellow mushroom you're not feeling it choppy but you can't you it's can't fizzle for me but no. you can't be all bent out of shape for papa john's being fizzle and I, then and then say that Mellow Mushroom is worse than Papa John's. I just, I've never liked it. I just don't, I don't know what it is about it that I, that I don't like. I just, it never hits. I love their crust, man. And shout out to uh, Amici's and uh, Concord. My son and I tried that recently too, man. Amici's and Concord. And that was pretty good. Um, People are informing me that it's not Otis Spunk Inmeyer. It's actually Otis Spunkmeyer. You're yeah, right. Spunk. So I put the N in it. And I'm, I apologize. Yeah, for yeah. some reason I saw that extra, I made it another syllable. I didn't mean to. It's Taysom Hill all over again. It's Taysom Hill, and it's Otis Spunkmeyer, <laughs> not Otis Spunkenmeyer. I Moose apologize. talks about my pizza, and I remember when I was doing Hornets, Dale Curry sang their praises to no end. Uh -huh. My pizza. I mean, he acted like it was the first pizza he'd ever had. <laughs> Sal's is always one that everybody loves, too. Yeah. People will write I'm going to have to try some of these places, too. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about the Carolina Panthers here, Wes. And we were discussing just how much the Panthers can get back on track. I saw Bill Barnwell. He put an article up on ESPN because of the way the show is gone. Maybe we play deal or no deal tomorrow with a couple of the deals that he proposed on ESPN.com discussing whether they should go after a wide receiver. But I do think it's pertinent to this conversation and how the Panthers can turn things around this year. And I'm not saying they turn things around to the point where they actually get to the postseason. How can we feel good about where this team is headed? What does that look like to you? Does that mean just holding on to your assets and Bryce Young continuing to grow within what the roster has right now? Yeah. Does it mean going out and making an outside move? How does the Panther how do the Panthers allow you to feel good about where they're headed? Well, simple, Bryce Young's progression and for him to uh finish this season continuing to get better better in a place to where you feel good about where he's headed for next year. And I think that's it. I don't really think that the Panthers should make any moves uh, unless it's just something that's just there that just makes too much sense. But I don't know what that is at this point. Uh, or unless you can get yourself um, a, a first rounder or two, maybe. But then again, that's all relative to what's being asked. Do you decide to give up a Brian Burns uh, or a Derek Brown or one of those guys? So maybe you make that deal. Like if you get another Rams offer for – uh, Brian Burns, I think that you have to consider that and make that deal because this is a rebuild and you want to put young guys around your team. You look at the Texans right now, the team that they have around C.J. Stroud, and nobody thought this team was going to be as competitive as they are, but you got the Nico Collinsons of the world. You hit on Tank Dale, it seems like. You go out and get him a tight end. So I think that uh, other than that, you just kind of stand pat and just weather the process because fans want everything now, 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 because that's just where we're at. And I know this Panthers fan base is hungry. They haven't been to the playoffs in quite some time, so I get it. I know they want to win now, but I think that this offseason is vital for them to 
have a clear plan in place that the fans can follow because I think that's the big thing is that mm-hmm. fans want to be able to follow your plan. And it's like, okay, you saw this offseason. They traded for the number one pick. Obviously, you knew part of the plan was going to get that franchise quarterback. But ever since then, with some of the pickups that were made, a lot of people liked it. We called it a good starter kit and things of that nature. But I think fans don't necessarily see a direction at this point because of where things are headed. So, uh, so, so that's my take on what the Panthers need to do. If there's a trade out there that makes all the sense in the world, you make it. But if not, you just have to weather the storm. Um, I just can't help but look at the Panthers' draft history, especially in the last two draft classes. So this past class that's only played five games and last year's class in 2022, there are just so many misses as it stands right now. I know this past class that's only played five games. It's hard to say either one of these guys is a flat-out miss because it's so young into their career. But Matt Corral's not on the roster anymore, and you trade it up to go get him in the third. Brandon Smith is not on this roster anymore. And he had as much hype as a lot of the other fourth round picks that are going to teams. People liked him as a potential linebacker to work out. Amari Barno, while I liked what he did this preseason, he's not somebody that's making a lot of impact plays right now. Cade Mays, Kalen Barnes. I don't know if you're saying any of those guys are hits. So then you go to this past draft class. Jonathan Mingo, DJ Johnson, Chandler Zavala, Jamie Robinson. Glad to see Savala seems to be on the mend after what is a scary injury he suffered in this last game. But Savala had not been playing well on the field. DJ Johnson, did you see Carolina Blitz's practice videos? You know what? It's so funny you say that because <laughs> I was going to bring that up. Pretty basic looking pass rush we saw. And granted, it's one rep. Oh, I, I'm hoping for basic. Basic makes it sound like it was tolerable. <laughs> Those are offensive linemen that were blocking DJ Johnson in those videos. You can follow on Carolina Blitz. Of course, Vashti Hurt does a phenomenal job. Who, buddy? She even put out a GIF afterwards. GIF, whatever. I don't want to have that debate. Mm-hmm. But she put out uh, a comment about, who, man, our mentions are going crazy right now. Oh, no question about it. Because you look at the offensive line that's allowing the sacks and the hits on the quarterback that they have. And there's backups locking <laughs> right. you up. That's it's a yeah. You backups actually for this line. You actually worded it to a point. It sounds worse. I didn't think you could. <laughs> but people, yeah, you you traded up for that guy too. That's the problem, man. Trading up for a prospect in Matt Corral that's no longer on the roster, and trading up for a guy in DJ Johnson who isn't providing an impact. Are you watching it again? I see the disgust on your face. Yes, I just saw. Uh, I don't know if this is a second clip or what, but when he got pushed back into the line and pushed. On mm-hmm. to his tummy, okay? That is, ooh, that is not good because, first of all, the, the the pass rush move, it looks like a bull rush that he tried to get. There's no technique. There's no hands. Yeah, yeah. So I saw the first rep, and then the second rep, when he gets pushed back and pushed onto the ground, that, that's embarrassing, man. You, you can't put that type of stuff out there on tape. So, okay, here we are with Bryce Sheesh. Young. Clearly, you have to hit on the number one overall pick when you select a quarterback. But if you even do a, a rookie check-in, okay, there's a rookie check-in out there on ESPN.com. <laughs> and the number one rookie so far, no surprise, C.J. Stroud has that title. Jalen Carter is going crazy up in Philadelphia right now. He's been fantastic. We well, all, was I wrong about him? He looks amazing. Okay, they were, they were okay getting rid of Javon Hargrave, who's been a great pass rusher for San Francisco. But Jalen Carter is, you know, I think he's, speaking of PFF, I think he's number one graded defensive tackle. N- not among rookies. He is. Among every single player at that position. Yep. Puka, Devon Achan. I know some people have called out the Panthers for skipping a running back when you might want somebody explosive with this team. They don't have that right now. 
Devin Witherspoon, Brian Branch, Christian Gonzalez, Sam Laporta, Bijan Robinson, Will Anderson. Those are the guys that are mentioned in the top 10. You even mentioned a Tank Dell. So not only does Houston hit so far on a number one QB, second overall, but they're hitting on the wide receiver that they also select to help them out. Zay Flowers is an honorable mention on this list. He's a first-round pick. You didn't have a shot at Zay Flowers, but you did have a couple of shots at some of these other guys. Mm-hmm. I like Mingo fine. I'm, I'm not ready to write him off yet, but it's not great when you have other receivers that look like they're performing better than Jonathan Mingo, who was selected 39th. It's pretty high draft pick. You are just outside the first round. I like what you said. When we come back, I would like to delve into what is the core around Bryce Young, what should it look like, and I also want to get into Frank Reich and is he kind of having an old-school approach at, at building a team? Because when we look at some of these teams out here, especially the Dolphins, and you talk about some of the picks that were missed, the way the team is constructed, like, do you want to build a team for speed and matchups and things of that nature? So I think that'll be something good that we can get into. Well, and this is the problem too, that I have a heart. I hate it, but man, here we are having to have this conversation again about Frank Reich's influence on the draft with this. Did he really want Bryce young or not? And Scott Fitterer, is he being controlled by David Tepper? Yeah. And what does Scott Fitterer want? We haven't heard a lot about what the GM of this team wants. Mm -hmm. We've heard reports about what quarterback Frank Reich would like. And we've heard about David Tepper meddling as an owner. Most people do not want him to meddle. But what does the GM want? The guy that is supposed to be making the personnel decisions. Not a lot of conversation there. And it feels like the guy that usually is selecting every player that gets on the roster, we're not talking about what his actual decision was. Like, Then why are we going to all these other parties that should not have an impact on what that guy should be doing? Yeah, you want to work with your head coach, but you get the idea. It just seems like a lot of dysfunction right now. We'll come back. We'll talk a little more about the Panthers. We do have some updates on the Miles Bridges situation I want to get to as well. It's all coming up. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Couple more segments to go on Wes and Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. <laughs> um, got some text in talking a little more about the Carolina Panthers. I don't know what Rick from Charlotte is saying, man. Have we defended Frank Reich today? Said he can't call plays, he can't motivate players, he doesn't come across as the sharpest knife in the drawer. But 
I don't know if we were defending Frank Reich here, are we? Not yeah, today's show. I, I haven't heard that. I don't know. I don't know who was defending Frank Reich. You did want to make a point, though, coming back about Frank Reich, the rookies, if he's building this team in an old school way, if he's coaching this team in an old school way. What do you mean by that? Just like, you know, when, when we talk about the team that we're playing this week, when you talk about the Carolina Panthers, and I'm surprised you didn't catch me on the Wii again, but the uh, the team that Carolina's <laughs> playing this week, the Dolphins, and you look across the league, and that was one of the reasons why I did want uh, a Tank Dell if you were going to go with the wide receiver because this league has become so much about matchups. And it's in different schools of thought because, like, you look at San Francisco and their receivers aren't necessarily burners, so to speak, so they fit into the offensive system uh, and they play how they play. But I'm looking at some of the teams like, you know, Atlanta with the youth movement that they have at those positions. Uh, you look at Detroit with some of the guys they draft, like a Jameer Gibbs, and then you look at, a, a, you know, St. Brown and some of those guys. And just so some of the elite teams in the league, the way they build their teams for speed and then also for matchups as well. And so you look at Carolina, and obviously they didn't have – the money or the resources to do everything that they wanted to do. But like you said, the Mingo pick when you could have gone with guys who could have been uh, more explosive and, and cause some more matchup issues and um, you know, things like that. You look at the saints, just look in the division alone, you know, Atlanta has a team where they've gotten a lot of guys that create bad matchups uh, with either speed or just highly skilled. And then you look at new Orleans and the guys that they have uh, deployed on their team, you even look at Tampa Bay and yeah, they got some guys that are long in the tooth, but the Mike Evans, the Chris Godwins, and uh, the matchups that they could create. So you just wonder with Carolina, especially when you look at the Dolphins. I mean, this team has to be one of the most put-together teams as far as this, I would imagine the head coach's vision when he said, hey, with this offense that I run, I want speed, 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 and more speed, and that's what we've seen. And, yeah, it's obviously not easy to go out and get a Tyreek Hill to go along with the water. You have to have a little bit of luck. But when you look at the Dolphins' offense, man, this is a Ferrari of the highest order. Mm -hmm. They're built for nothing but matchup issues, speed. They present so many problems. They apply so much pressure. And I know it's different ways that you can choose to do it. But just saying that's a thought to have as far as how things are being constructed. Like what type of offense are you trying to put together? What's your goal with your offense? Do you want to kill people with speed or do you want to kill people with, like you said, a thousand cuts, death by a thousand cuts. Well, and look, I I think we heard from Stephen Holder yesterday that Frank Reich wants to be aggressive, that he wants to go for it on fourth down, that he wants to throw it on early downs, that he wants to challenge downfield. And if you go back and look at how the Colts built their team, Chris Ballard, the GM, the guy that loves trading down in the draft process because he wants as many draft picks as possible. He thinks it's an imperfect process. I agree. So he wants more chances to get it right. Even if it means sacrificing positioning in the draft, he wants more. And you look at a 2019 draft class, they draft Paris Campbell in the second round. Paris Campbell, an explosive type of wide receiver. You draft Jonathan Taylor when everybody was knocking him. Even Chris Ballard, who is trying to go based off of advanced stats, he drafts a running back in the second round. A power guy. The complete package, though, in Jonathan Taylor, yeah, explosive, too. Out on you. you know, you even have T.Y. Hilton, as soon as Frank Reich takes over that offense in 2018, an explosive receiver that's not winning physically, not winning 50-50 balls. He's getting separation, and he's stretching the field. And so when we discuss how they've built the team so far, man, you don't have many explosive players on this roster, and that's even before Frank Reich was a part of the equation. It all... 
I mean, when, when did it end, right? DJ Moore is a pretty explosive player, and they decided to trade him to go up and get Bryce Young. Curtis Samuel, you go back to him. I think that's an explosive player that they drafted in 2017. And I want to go to a 703 number. Shouts to Virginia. They texted in, I'm trying to remember who's the last player we drafted that wasn't from the first round that ended up being a pro bowler. Well, for the spirit of the question, right? Like, I think specific pro bowler, I think you have to go back to 2016 with James Bradbury. I think that's right. And he was a second round pick. But if you just go to even effective players that you feel good about, that you want on your roster for the long term, I think 2017, you still got to go back a decent ways. Curtis Samuel, Taylor Moten, those were second round picks. And Curtis is somebody that ended up getting $10 million a year with Washington, who is an effective player as long as he can stay on the field. But his last season in Carolina had a thousand yards of offense, along with Mike Davis, DJ Moore, even uh, Robbie Anderson at that time. But they let him walk. And if you look at other second round or beyond picks that you feel good about on the team, Wes, man, it goes to show just how bad they've been at drafting. 2018, Dante Jackson, Ian Thomas. Those are the only guys on the roster. I'm not even saying you want them. I'm saying those are the guys that are factually on the roster now. 2019, I can't find anybody. 2020, YGM, Jeremy Chin, Stanley Thomas Oliver made it for a little while as a seventh-round pick, but you get the point. You get the point. It just goes to show, man, they have not been good at drafting. If they miss on the first-round pick, then you can't have any insurance that they're going to get anything right after it. Yeah, and Amit says on the uh, text line that Josh Downs has the most targets this year without a drop. Then you talk about guys also like a Jalen Hyatt. Marvin Mims is out there making plays in Denver. Rasheed Rice, they said wide receivers drafted after Mingo that would have worked better for the explosiveness that we're talking about. He said, why did they draft Mingo when he's similar to Marshall? And I know that they went to see Smith and they trust his expertise a lot. But I think also when you looked at it, he brings up a good point. He said, why did they draft Mingo when he's so similar to TMJ? And I just felt like that the Panthers could have better used a guy who was going to be able to stretch the field and take the top off the defense a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, just trying to build this team with some explosion. They It, it does go back to David Tepper, right? And giving us the soundbite of Bryce Young being a point guard, that you don't have to spend a lot of money that you can wait and draft other positions. You don't have to spend a lot of money at wide receiver. And so they get Adam Thielen at a decent enough price. And he's been playing well, but Mingo hasn't so far. Terrace Marshall Jr., you forgot to play him (laughs) after nine receptions and trying to use him in the screen game. Yeah, there's not a lot of explosion. And that's what's tough. And that's what makes this offense so tough to watch because they're not having a lot of explosive plays. Even DJ Chark, who we thought was going to be that guy who ran the 4-3-40 coming out of college, despite some of the injury concerns he had, even he's not gaining separation running downfield. And you can't hit him even if he does have some ground. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing with him, too. You know, he's been beat up a bit, you know, the ankles and the surgeries and things like that. So some of that speed and explosiveness has kind of been taken away just a little bit. And Texan City said that uh, Scott Fitterer built a Seattle-style team that ain't speed and quickness. But even when you look at those Seattle teams, they go out, they go out of Percy Harvin. Uh, Doug Baldwin was a guy that would get behind I you. I think he's really underrated. Yeah. yeah, Doug Baldwin was a good receiver. And uh, Marshawn Lynch, you know, granted. Hell, Tyler Lockett, Paul yeah. Richardson, two right. smaller receivers. that I mean, they tried, right? Yeah. Like, even 
yes, you have to hit on these draft picks, but also just the thought process. I'm not even saying Paris Campbell worked out for the Colts. He got way too injured, but that was the explosive type of receiver that they did try to work with. And then they go for Michael Pittman, but Michael Pittman, you can get away with not getting the explosive receiver if they're just good. Yes. (laughs) And they haven't had anybody, I think, that you would call really good. right? And even defensively, too, you see a lot of people when we have these conversations, especially about DJ Johnson, a lot of people point to getting a guy like a Trenton Simpson. It's like this is the new age of the NFL, man, with speed and matchups is the name of the game. Can you present different personnel groupings on offense and defense that apply pressure? And so that's the thing. If you were to knock a guy like a DJ Johnson, he's a big body that's known for holding the line. Well, why wouldn't you want a more dynamic player that you can do more with that still can give you the speed, the power, and the aggressiveness, but uh, they're a little bit, they're going to give you more team speed because that was another thing about the Seattle teams. Lord knows was the defense fast. I mean, goodness gracious. Well, yeah, it is funny because they had, <laughs> they almost had, they had linebackers with range. They had a fast defensive yeah. line in Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett was a guy that could do a bunch of stuff. Richard Sherman actually wasn't very fast, but they he was so good in zone. Their, their corners, him and Brown, and they always had big corners. They played exactly to that cover three scheme with really smart big corner, so that made them dominant because it's hard in the cover three. They're backing up into their zone. It's hard to get the ball over those guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know this firsthand from well, the Earl, Sherman tip interception. Well, and Earl Thomas was explosive enough to make up ground. Yes, he was. So so you had, yeah, right, the you know, San Francisco pain a little bit. I know you're <laughs> yeah, dealing big with. Time. Um but yeah, they they at least had the guy that can make up ground so you you're just big everywhere, Cam Chancellor. And oh. isn't he's taller than Chin, but isn't he what we want Chin to be? Somebody that makes plays yeah. in the in the you know in the box. You see Cam Chancellor could do it all. making tackles up there at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I think Cam Chancellor's just a taller safety, but that's what we want Chin to be. Yeah, he was tall and big. He was basically like a small linebacker back there, safety, yeah. but yet he could cover and then the, the hits. I mean, yeah, they were good. Legion of Boom. He It'd might be have nice. been the last of hard of the hard hitters. Oh wow, like that's a, just the the. So, so you got rid of shutdown corners. Now you're getting rid of hard hitters in the secondary. No, I'm secondary. saying obviously guys are hitting hard. <laughs> but, I mean, those guys that have those TV highlight yeah. hits like that, I mean, you do get them often. But as far as just one player who mm-hmm. did it consistently, like every time Cam Chancellor hit somebody, it was it was bad. Tell me that Fred Warner isn't that right now? <laughs> uh, Fred Warner can hit. He's a good tackler for sure. But I'm talking about when you, when you talk about Chancellor, man, I mean, he would have those big crowd uh, – reaction, mm-hmm. NFL highlights type of hits on a consistent basis. Yeah, you really don't see that a lot anymore, and a lot of that is just the way the game is going. Well, he would, but Yeah, scared. but they had target in the end, but he would just find a way to blow you up. Fred Warner, I feel like all of the wow clips of him are covering wide receivers streaking down. Covering wide, like they put a clip on yesterday where he did like three different things in one play where he messed up the crosser to, to stop the rub, and then he... He had him in a position where Dak couldn't get the pass over him, mm-hmm. and then he got the sack. We used to know what that was like with Luke. Maybe not as yeah. athletic as Fred, but just diagnosing Oh, no, everything. no, 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 no. We're not doing that. Oh, hold on. No, He's... no, no. I'm saying we're not doing that with Luke. Luke no, was but he all was... that. No, but he wasn't streaking down receivers like Warner, but he was still. Yeah. But Luke was still like a 4-5 yes. guy. Yes. Oh, no. Please don't. No, we're not doing that. I'm just I'm not saying. trying to say Luke Keekley I... was anything other than a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I love ballot. Warner, man, but Keekley was that guy. Man, why'd you do that to me? <laughs> I'm There's not, videos of him well, running you said with he's receivers. Not as, you said not quite as fast or athletic as Warner. And I'm like, yeah, he was. I don't think he was as fast as Warner. But, like, oh, I'm not boy. saying that he was as bad. What, 
Wait, was that the worst thing I've ever said about no, him? No, it's not. But I, I definitely think that uh, he's second to none as far as athleticism at that position. Uh, I so mean, Luke Keekly. Luke Keekly. Okay. Yeah, I All didn't right. think he was second to none. All right. I Look, Whew. now it looks like, man, y'all got on me. Y'all got on me. <laughs> All right, maybe I'm wrong then. Look, I'll, Listen, I'll be, man, I, I may not be no Panthers fan, but I respect the greats, and Luke Keekly was as good as He did have gets. a faster 40 time. He did. I, Luke Keekly did have a faster 40. Yeah. You know, what you get for pandering, Walker, LOL, is what they, they wrote. I didn't mean a man. Luke Keekly is a better – I'll even say he's a better linebacker. Yes, no question. I just question. didn't see him like – You hear that, Panther fans? Okay. Yeah. I love Fred Warner, but – He's no Luke Keekley. No, he's not. See, I didn't say he was. He's That's in the ballpark. The no, this, but you just said the athleticism and stuff, and I get it. But now, Luke, to me, he was okay. second to none to nobody in athleticism. All right. I apologize. Did, yeah, I, I apologize to everybody that took offense to that. Wes <laughs> is the one that defended the Panthers. It's Freaky Friday on a Thursday. Well, here he is. Me, I'm saying something good about a 49er, and he, here he is defending a Carolina Panther. So it all comes down to trying to find those talents again in the draft. Yes. Luke Keekley, whether it's a first-round pick that you hit on or Fred Warner, who wasn't a first-round pick that you hit on, it's all about trying to figure out how you can build from the draft again because as much cap space as the Panthers are going to have this upcoming offseason – Man, you can point to the problems by them not being able to build through the selection process. Yeah, man. And I was going to say, too, when you look at those great Panthers defenses of recent memory, man, they were built for speed. And then, like you talked about, too, the Curtis Samuels and guys like that, they were guys that created matchups. And so you have to go out and find those kind of guys. 100%. People are mad at me on the text line. I don't <laughs> want to talk about it anymore. Let's go to shropping it like it's hot to make sure nobody thinks I was talking crap about Luke Keekley. I apologize to everybody. Go ahead, Shroppy. What we got today? All right, so you guys know that I'm in on my vices, and I have to bring you guys along with me. <laughs> okay, here All we right. go. So we are looking at the lines and the overs and the unders for tonight's game with the Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Oof. the uh so the spread is favoring the Chiefs by ten and a half points. Are you guys taking the Broncos to cover or are they gonna get absolutely blown no, out? No, the again? the Chiefs have not been covering. I've definitely seen stuff about that. They haven't been covering. And that's another thing too, uh, just real quick sidebar. What about some of the calls that the Chiefs get, man? They a lot it of people have been ridiculous. complaining. I'm normally not a referee, lost you the game or won you the game kind of guy. But the Chiefs do get away with some stuff, man. Buddy taking his helmet off last week. There was supposed to be a penalty, and it doesn't get called. The flag gets picked up. Mm-hmm. The pass interference. Like, come on now. We we don't like to believe in the scripts too much, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, for sure. I think the last, especially the last game, I do think the Chiefs cover, though, because against, what was it, against the Bears a couple of weeks back, they took care of business against a team that was, they were clearly way better than. I think they cover against Denver. I know it's a big spread. You said 10 points. 10 and a half, yeah. Yeah. I just, Denver's defense is so bad. And despite not having enough wide receivers that you feel great about, Travis Kelsey, what's his? Questionable. Okay. And Swifty, is Swifty going to be at the game tonight? I think they said she is. Yeah, a thick doink wrote that in. Over under the amount of times they show Taylor Swift. Uh, that should be under. a shrop prop. That should absolutely oh, no doubt. be a shrop prop. I think we are going to roll with that on Fridays. Cool. And you're going to be with us tomorrow, I think, again? Yeah. I think yep. that's right. I'll be tomorrow. 
Shroffy just couldn't get enough of us, man. No. I think Fitty got too much of us after experiencing mm-hmm. the morning show. He wants to leave. Shroffy, he couldn't get enough of us. So now he's helping us out in the middays. That'll do it for the Shrop Pop, Shropping It Like It's Hot segment. Let's move on. we got one more segment to go on Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. I did want to update people on Miles Bridges and the situation surrounding him as it was reported yesterday first by WSOC. But we do have a lot of updates going on from Baxter Holmes reporting from ESPN, even Joe Bruno providing updates a part of WSOC as well. And I'll read this update from the Charlotte Observer that has it laid out pretty well. If you want to go follow them, even Rod Boone working on this story alongside side Evan Moore and so this is the situation at hand a criminal summons issued this week against Hornets forward Miles Bridges includes allegations that he smashed his ex's car and her windshield I should say excuse me and violated a domestic protective order except this incident apparently took place on October 6th it was filed October 10th we thought the incident might have taken place on October 10th but that was Tuesday Miles Bridges reportedly, according to the Charlotte Observer, was in Miami for the preseason game. So the incident in question here happened on October 6th. Mecklenburg County court records show the alleged incident happened in Charlotte when Bridges and the woman met for a child custody exchange. In May, the records show a protective order had been issued by a judge in California. The new summons charges the 25-year-old Bridges with misdemeanor child abuse injury to personal property, and a domestic protective order violation. I'll continue to read some more of these details just because I want to be clear. The court document providing details on the summons lists the uh, the offense date as on, quote, or about October 10th of this past, of 2023, a couple days ago. On Tuesday, however, Bridges was in Miami with the team. And then a separate document, a Charlotte-Mecklenburg police incident report obtained by the Charlotte Observer on Thursday says the offense happened on October 6th, but was not fully reported until four days later. Part of the summons says the woman accuses Bridges of throwing pool table balls at her vehicle while the children were in the car. She says he threatened her, saying that if she called police, he would withhold child support money. According to the court summons, Bridges also allowed his current girlfriend to, quote, yell, scream, and kick the victim's car while children were inside, the summons alleges. 
Bridges has been summoned to appear in criminal court in Charlotte on November 13th. And so here we are discussing some of the facts of the report. This is all, according to the Charlotte Observer, multiple outlets right now, again, WSOC, having it first. We talked about what's happened here with Miles a couple of times, Wes. I am of the belief, understanding that we are going to have to try to figure out what more information is going to come about as we start to get some clarity on Miles Bridges and his involvement in the matter. As we start to get more information on this, I am one where the Charlotte Hornets, they gave him a second chance. It seems that Miles Bridges put himself in a situation to violate the protective order. And if that is the case, if everything reported is true, then I am one that says the Charlotte Hornets should waive Miles Bridges if they see that the information is correct that is being reported. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm with you as well. Like I said, I was in the boat of him having a second chance, but it was still with a caveat. I wasn't happy to see him back. But if these alleged charges are true and what he did, I think the Hornets need to wash their hands of him. This is a young man that apparently isn't showing uh, the requisite contrition and just just a thought process that you just don't want a player that you're going to depend on to have. Listen, if you didn't learn enough from what happened the last time and all that encompass and you go out and do something like this again, this just tells me that you're not a fit for a franchise or just not a guy that can be counted on because you're going to make the wrong decisions more times than not. What's being reported is that he's been given multiple chances now. And after everybody was discussing how he deserved a second chance, the question is how seriously you take these. After pleading no contest to felony domestic violence when he turned himself in and pled no contest in November of 2022, after we got you know, postponement and postponement and postponement of all the court dates that lasted for such a long time after the initial himself being turned uh, him turning himself in to be arrested in the offseason of 2022. And then finally, we'd see the the plead of no contest there, not a formal admission of guilt. Now here we have a couple of incidences. We'll see how much of this can be made more clear as more information comes in, but those are the latest updates from Rod Boone, from Joe Bruno, from Baxter Holmes, lots of publications reporting on this matter. Now there's never an easy transition here, but I did want to end on something where as we gather more information, we can end on something a little separate as we pass the baton off to Kyle Bailey at three o'clock. Everybody was making fun of me on the text line. <laughs> Everybody was mad at me. Wes, he found a way. Damn you for that, Wes Bryant. He found a way to turn the Panthers fans against me after I did not think Luke Keekley was as athletic as Fred Warner streaking down the field with wide receivers. You said, hold on, we're not about to do it. And everybody texted me. They were angry. Now, I looked up the combine athleticism scores because I need something to help me out. I need something. <laughs> Fred Warner scored an 84. Luke Keekley scored an 83. I think that says it all. I think we go by that number, that number alone, to prove that I'm right. I don't think there's anything else we need to go by, except there are some other numbers that might hurt my case, but I'm not reading those. No, it is crazy just how similar they are. Yeah, man, they, they're definitely in that mode, and Fred Warner is in that ballpark. He looks like the next uh, great linebacker. Well, he is already the next yeah. great linebacker in the league, and those guys that are in that 235 to 240 range can run like the wind, cover, hit, tackle. So uh, they're definitely, you know, you weren't it, far off there from. Oh this no, thing. but no, it is crazy though. Like I even just within the the notion of the comment, I did underestimate just how crazy athletic Luke was. I knew he was athletic, but it's actually crazy. Vertical jump was a 38 inch vertical from Luke. 
I would have guessed the under on that. The 40-yard dash was 4.58. I actually probably thought he was faster just the way that he played, but mm-hmm. that's instinct. That's anticipation. Yeah. Did run faster that's than That's still a hell of a speed. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, the broad jump was a 10-3 for Luke Keekley. And so if you look at his athleticism score, he was second in 2012 compared to all other inside linebackers. You want to know what his total score was? What was it? Guess. Just guess. If 83 was the athleticism score, total prospect score. Oh, uh, okay. Give I'll go 92. 99. Whew. It should have been, no. It should have yeah. been. And no, I yeah, should have right. guessed higher. Because coming out of college, I thought he was as can't miss as it got. When you go back and just look over 500 tackles in three seasons of Division One football, and the thing that was the wildest to me was the fact that Boston College, yes, he had B.J. Raji, and they had some nice guys on the inside, but he wasn't playing for Alabama or some of these big programs where he has these big-time D-tackles in front of him, keeping him clean to make plays. No, he, you play Boston College. They had decent talent around him, but, man, he just was a tackling machine just go sometimes if you want to just see something to make your jaw drop and just go check out his boston college stats year by year man 180 tackles on the regular just oh and you can check out his uh accdn uh icon video mm. on the accdn on all platforms we had uh luke keekley was one of the guys we did an icon video about just straight three four five minutes worth of Luke Keekley highlight. What's crazy is that a lot of Panthers fans, if they're going to be honest with themselves, did not like the pick. Oh, they, yeah, they didn't. Because we had so many linebackers. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, why, why are we getting another one? But at number nine. You got that one. Yeah, we got, got that him. One. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> we were all wrong on that. Anybody that was questioning that pick, we were all wrong on that. It's like, no, we have John Beeson, we have James Anderson. Like, okay, we're getting yeah, somebody different. I knew, I knew Keekley was going to be that guy. Um, that draft was pretty good, by the way. So that was the Luck RG3 draft. You also have, in that 8 to 12 range, everybody having appeared in a Pro Bowl. Ryan Tannehill, number 8. Luke Keekley, 9. Stephon Gilmore, number 10. Still mm. playing at a high level, too. So pretty crazy there. Dontari Poe, the workout warrior there at number 11. Fletcher Cox at number 12. Oof. So every single one of those players appearing in a Pro Bowl. The, the comparison between Keekley and Warner is actually pretty freaky the more I look at it. So both are listed at 6'3". Fred Warner is 236 pounds. Luke Keekley coming out, 242. Fred Warner, 32-inch arms. Luke Keekley, 31. Both have nine and three-quarter hand size. We just went over the athleticism score. Pretty nuts. It's just funny the production wasn't there for Warner, so that's what held him from being a great prospect as far as him coming out of college. But. Mm-hmm. The body, the makeup, the athleticism, all pretty crazy similar. Yeah, man. I call uh, Fred Warner Jumbo J. Cole. Because to me, he looks just like J. Cole. (laughs) Jumbo J. Cole. Yeah, that's what I call him. All right. Everybody, get off my back. I'm sorry. Okay? (laughs) I apologize. That'll do it for Wes and Walker. We'll hand it off to Kyle Bailey. Also, alongside Smoke Ludwig, you're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.